0: Welcome to Voices from Freeze, New York, brought to you by luxury fashion destination Matches Fashion. I'm Rebecca Siegel, Director of Americas and Content at Freeze, and in this series of bite sized conversations, I'll be talking to experts and insiders to bring you the most important news, up and coming talent, and local insights from Freeze, New York 2021. This year, the fair makes its debut at The Shed, the recently completed culture center in Manhattan. Even if you can't be there in person, the creatives I'm speaking to in this series will guide you around all the pulse points of interest and excitement in and around Freeze, New York. In this episode, my guest is the Brooklyn-based painter Dana Locke. Her work experiments with different viewpoints, examining the interplay between space and time. She's been shown in a number of exhibitions at venues, including the Fisher Landau Center for Art and the Judith Charles Gallery. She's received a number of awards and scholarships, including the Andrew Fisher Fellowship from Columbia University. And I'm delighted to be able to speak to Dana about Freeze New York 2021 and get her point of view as an artist working today. You are doing a solo presentation with Klima Gallery for Freeze New York this year. Klima is based in Milan and and showing with us at New York. And, you know, I assume that this is a moment to really bring out some new painting. But have you been working on this body of work for quite some time? Or has it also had sort of the time and energy to sort of take moments to really sort of work on this body of work?
1: Yeah, this body of work has really been in development since the fall. Um, uh, The way that I work is that I usually develop um, images through many drawings and small studies and really... Uh, work and turn over one image many times over um, to learn what I'm interested in about it um, and uh, to um, really get to the most interesting version of an idea so these images have been in development um, since the fall and they started out as a series of pastel drawings they um, sat on my wall for a couple months and I really had time to think them over and, and think over what they meant to me and what I wanted to bring out from them um, and in the and I've been developing the actual works on on Canvas um, this spring.
0: Do you usually start with pastels?,
1: um, Usually it starts as a scribble in a sketchbook, um, something that's kind of half. A conceptual idea half um, something in words and and half an image Um, so it's I guess that's three halves uh, come (laughs) together into a painting Um, but yeah it starts in a sketchbook and it kind of works its way to drawings and and yes I pastel is usually a part of that process because it's such a forgiving medium and um, uh, it's great to be able to just pick pick the color from the box like picking a crayon.
0: For the body of work that you're showing at the fair is there a specific motif or an element that is really sort of driving this body of work?
1: For this body of work I'm thinking through how we conceive of abstract ideas by giving them physical properties um I can uh, hardly even uh, think about an abstract concept without imagining it as um, some kind of volume with some kind of location in a space or thinking of it as some kind of um, spatial arena itself. Um, So... The things that I'm interested in this body of work are um, things like statements and their negation, um, uh, hierarchy, time, and representation, and these things have nothing to do with the um, uh, physical space. They don't cast shadows. They don't reflect light. They, they're they not subject to gravity. And yet, when I try to think about them in my head, I can hardly imagine them without some of those things.
0: And also, you know, one of the things that has been true of the painting of yours that I've already seen and look forward to seeing more of is that there is an element of escapism to them and an element of play to them. And also, they're quite serious and, and frankly, formal in their execution in so many ways, um, but they're also paintings which have sort of recognizable moments in them um, that aren't abstract at all, you know, hands or elements of staircases or things that are can be found in domestic spaces or spaces all of us are in, but are related to much bigger ideas that are, as you said, abstract, ephemeral, concepts that sort of translate through time and it's that interplay that I think you know has been so successful for you and has really sort of built your career so far.
1: Um, Yeah you said it so well (laughs) Um, I think that yeah I get a lot of pleasure out of the contrast between something that seems kind of so general and so vague you can hardly name it and then something that's so um tactile and specific and textural i i really like to put those two things together um and play is absolutely an important part of the work i think that you know a lot of the um motivating ideas for the work might be things that are kind of you know, seem very serious or seem very dry. And I like to bring out the pleasure and the joy in trying to figure out those things
0: in some respects that feels like a very New York approach to the world, <laughs> to have a little bit of that sort of serious element to it, but also to be sort of surrounded by so many opportunities for play, yeah. um, certainly characterizes the city, I think, for so much, so many of us who live here. Totally. Tell me a little bit about what it's like to work with Klima, a gallery that's not based here. You haven't seen its director in a very long time. Um, have you been sort of keeping in touch via Zoom? How has it been going for you to be sort of of sharing your studio space with people at a distance
1: it's uh, the past year hasn't been too different uh working with klima because you know we are have always been separated by time and space um so we mostly just communicate via email and text
0: i think for a lot of people the pandemic brought um a sense of anticipation, or at least this stage of it has really sort of brought a sense of anticipation of, of things to do and see. Is there a first place to go to when you leave New York?
1: Well, um, one of the big things in my life that got postponed during the pandemic was my wedding. <laughs> so- So in September, um, the wedding has been rescheduled for September, and me and my partner are planning a miniature honeymoon to Vermont.
0: Congratulations. Thanks. That (laughs) feels like the most exciting thing that could come out of the other side of this (laughs) situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, In terms of sort of your community of artists around you and the people that you've sort of spent your time with, You're a Columbia MFA graduate. I imagine that there are people in and around New York with whom you have sort of regular contact. Is there something sort of that you've found connects a bunch of people right now in terms of what they're looking at, what you are all sort of thinking through, or is this really a moment where everybody's had a very different response to the last year?
1: I really think that the last year has been defined by the Black Lives Matter movement in as much as it's been defined by the um, effects of the pandemic. Um, I think that everybody that I know has really been making an effort to understand the way that um, race and racial relations and inequities shape the way that we look at artworks the way that we navigate institutions and the decisions that we make ourselves in the studio
0: do you think that for you it's had a direct impact
1: on your practice I took so much of this year thinking about that um, and working through that and it is it's a challenge to navigate how it relates to my work because I have thought about my work in this way that I um, want the Ideas and representations and images and experiences that I show to be something that's accessible to any viewer that stands in front of the paintings. But I think that um, one of the big things that's come out of it is questioning the very idea of neutrality and objectivity. So the notion that some form or some vantage point or some kind of style or light situation connotes neutrality to one person um, might not do that for another person. And I think that uh, I've kind of gotten interested in embracing specificity and non-neutrality as a kind of counter to aspects of the works that might um, connote objectivity. Sure. No, that makes total sense. I think it's,
0: you know, to your point, creating something that is specific that acknowledges its point of view is in some ways a more productive position than one which doesn't necessarily sort of elaborate on the fact that neutrality doesn't really exist.
1: Yes, yes, yeah.
0: In addition to getting married in September, <laughs> what do you have upcoming in terms of shows you can talk about?
1: I'm very much looking forward to presenting a solo exhibition with Miguel Abreu Gallery in 2022.
0: Fantastic. Miguel will also be at Freeze New York and is a longtime participant in all things Freeze and, and a gem of a human. Dana, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And for you to take the time to come and and speak to us a little bit about what the last year has been like and your work and, and also, you know, getting excited about being on the other side
1: of this. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This has been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to Voices from Freeze, New York. Please hit subscribe to receive future episodes and share it with anyone else you think might enjoy. To find out more about Matches Fashion and Freeze, head to matchesfashion.com or join the conversation online by searching for at Matches Fashion, at Matches Man, and at Freeze Official.